Greetings, Amigops, and Top Turners everywhere. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our delightful, hooded, bearded, haired co-host, Kyle. But, very importantly, I am also joined by delightful, long-haired, in fact, aquamarine, mermaid-style haired, wife of the pod, Allegis. Now, from what I understand, Allegis has this week's topic. I don't know what that topic is. I think Kyle does. The three of us will be discussing this topic, ranking it, re-ranking it, until at the end of this hopefully compact episode, we'll have a definitive top 10 list of that thing. So Allegis, so Kyle, what are we talking about today? All right. Hi, team. Thanks, Mike, for that introduction. Uh, I do currently have extremely long hair, though mermaid hair is possibly the best compliment one can get for their hair. So thank you for that. Our friend Abby, I, I feel I like, has true mermaid hair. Wouldn't you say that so? That is true. I'm not entirely convinced that Abby isn't a mermaid. Yeah, oh. that's a fair point. I hadn't actually considered that, but that seems possible. Yeah. I'm into it. I don't want to rule that out. Let that fester. That's a, that would be a, wouldn't that be a fun list to do someday, like... <laughs> <laughs> top 10 uh magical creature matches for our friends <laughs> let's do that like next week <laughs> yeah, i like that fun. a lot let's do that. <laughs> uh. all right so for my topic today as everyone else has been doing kyle and i have been spending lots of time at home which means that there's been lots of time for movies now pre-quarantine or pre-pandemic Kyle and I had discussed watching his favorite MCU movie, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, on his birthday, which is mid-April. Or I'm sorry. It's actually the beginning April. of April. Sorry. It's, <laughs> right, it's actually, my recollection is that it's directly it's actually, at the beginning of April. It's actually the first day of April. I don't know why April. I said mid- Wow, that's embarrassing. It's because I got distracted because I wanted to look up what movie in sequence uh-huh. Captain America is. It's not. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, yeah. totally. It's, all right, so it's the ninth film in the mcu universe anyway this was early march we were saying do you think we could start a marvel movie marathon and make it all the way to captain america the winter soldier by kyle's birthday and then we thought no we'll never have time for that many movies and then we all of a sudden had a ton of time (laughs) for movies we began (laughs) a marvel movie marathon uh, we did, in fact, make it to Captain America, the Winter Soldier by Kyle's birthday, and we finished all 23 Marvel movies over the course of six and a half weeks. <laughs> and what is Winter Soldier? Like number 12, maybe? In order? Number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Okay. And so this list is my ranking of the 23 MCU movies. I am so into this, and I want to be. I want to make sure we appropriately fanboy slash girl over Allegis here. I am what one would consider like a probably a B plus MCU fan. Like I'm not a I'm not an A plus, but I'm like a B plus. And I have not seen really all of that close to all of these. I've probably seen like fifteen of them. So you are in rarefied air. You're so you're now probably like an A level MCU. Yeah. expert I but guess. it's important that prior to this like the context is in 2015 i like dragged you to see ant-man with me and like that was kind of your introduction to it 
and so since then you'd seen a lot of them as they came out with me but like prior to that you didn't have much experience with it true yeah this marathon wasn't necessarily my introduction to it like i had already seen but the important part about the marathon was that i didn't understand the overarching story previously Mm -hmm. and watching them all in order yeah true (laughs) actually to be frank watching them all in order i still think i'm a little confused (laughs) on the overarching story but i have we all are (laughs) a much better grasp on it now okay so in terms of any criteria this was extremely difficult because There are so many different ways to think about this. I mean, I think a lot of these movies have a different tone. So just subjectively, some people are going to like some more than others. I think there's an argument to be made that the origin story movies are really cool. But then it's also really fun when you have a movie that pulls together a bunch of members of the team, particularly when it's kind of a fun or unique pairing. I also think that the movies that really contribute to the storyline kind of get some bonus points, but also some Mm. of the random ones that don't are really fun. So it, Kyle directed me to make this my top 10 list. I think that's the appropriate (laughs) approach, particularly because I think Kyle and I have seen this before. We actually did one just earlier that kind of fit into this category. When you are doing a list that probably other people have done, and this is one that's definitely been done. It's important to do your own. Like there, there's, you have to understand the limits of your insight. Like there's going to be people who are so ridiculously into the MCU that they're going to like think of it in ways that you never could. So look, do your own. I like that. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I, I think it's important because like we we could have done this list, but we've already done like a lot of Avengers stuff. Like we talked about both of the third and fourth Avengers movies. We did the hottest Avengers. Like this is well-tread ground for us. So like, I think this is the right way to talk about this set of movies without covering too much of the same ground and getting the perspective of somebody who's a little bit less initiated with this kind of stuff than we have been. Yeah. Yeah. Just for fun. After I finished the list, I did Google it to see what other people (laughs) thought. And predictably it was all over the board. Yeah. I did on this spreadsheet next to my ranking put the Rotten Tomatoes ranking. So I might bring that up a couple of times when I have a huge discrepancy. But really, any website you looked at had a totally different opinion. So it's all I think it's I think there's basically two to three of these films that are universally agreed to be like great and two or three that are universally agreed to be not that great. But then in the middle, it's it's pretty, pretty much a toss up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I did rank all 23 just because I did it as we were watching, but I'll still follow the format of top 10 and then my Mm. not top three will be the bottom three and then we can quickly go through the middle 10, I guess. All right. Appreciate the thoroughness. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it also made it easier to just do it as I went along. Okay. Should I get started? Please do. Please. All right. Number 10, Dr. Strange. Mr. Doctor. So I'm I'm interested but disappointed to see it so low. I I can see it and I wanna I wanna hear the rest of the list. But I I really stand for this movie. Big fan. Oh, I actually thought that the reaction would be opposite, that it that it wouldn't make the top ten. Yeah, I love this movie. I think part of the reason I love it is because it's just different than some of the others. And I'm really fascinated by the concept of time travel. 
Like, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. Ever since I saw that movie, I just think I've been really fascinated by the whole idea of it. I know you guys already did a time travel movies podcast, so see that pod. I also am a big Harry Potter fan, and I think this movie kind of has, like, wizardy vibes. Mm. And, and wizardy last... in real world vibes, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that the the um, temple is just sort of hidden in plain sight is cool. Yeah, for sure. Very Harry Potter. I also just really like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's hard to argue with that. And as we'll discover later, I love a snarky hero, a.k.a. Iron Man and Doctor Strange. So I'm into it. I'm into his sass. I remember this was on Netflix like pretty quickly after it came out. And we watched this. We You didn't see this in theaters. With I think I saw this with Jameson and Alex, weirdly. But we just watched it like on a random night. And I was like not really super engaged and then I like turned and you were really into it and I was kind of surprised by that. I hadn't really made the Harry Potter connection but I think you're totally right with that. I actually didn't think about that until I was finalizing this list about a half an hour ago but I really do think that might be one of the reasons I like it so much. Yeah I dig it and I think it's it it kind of threads a cool needle where it's it's an origin story but an origin story really kind of I don't know what number this was but pretty late in the initial MCU run which I think kind of gives it the freedom to jump in midstream at certain places. So I thought it allowed it to to kind of let the Avenge like the broader Avengers stuff be midstream, but really focus on Stephen Strange. And he has a great origin story. Like his origin story, just as written, is really good. So I I really enjoyed it. I also think it boasts arguably one of the best third acts of any of these movies. Like the yes, the reversal in time sequence is like one of the coolest things they've done in any of these movies agreed it's number 14 in uh yeah order of the movies excellent good pick thanks all right number nine iron man 2 yeah so ryan tomatoes ranked this one 21 out of 23 and it's unclear to me if the rotten tomatoes ranking is user rankings or really what the parameters were However, I'm obsessed with Iron Man, so at least one Iron Man movie had to be on my top 10. I also really love the uh, villain in this movie. Sam Rockwell being in this movie was a pleasant surprise upon rewatch. I totally forgot that he was a villain. Put Sam Rockwell in every movie ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's a fun villain. Also, uh, Black Widow is in this movie. That's true. Although you don't realize that she's Black Widow until later on, so that's kind of fun. This one is also third overall, which it's kind of wild that Iron Man is the first movie and then he's already up again for the third movie. I just think he's really well, I, important for the whole universe. I think it also indicates to you that their plans, I think they were leaving their options open. I think they may have envisioned a like a big Avengers MCU set up over time. But I think that they were making sure that they were set up to just do Iron Man if that was the only one that hit. Okay, you know, I I think there was probably a time when it was realistic to think the only really successful of these franchises was going to be Iron Man, and so they had to strike while the iron was hot. Yeah. <laughs> I I was pleasantly surprised when we rewatched this at how much I liked it. If you had asked me before, I probably would have said this was lower half, but I really liked it. I think. Like they were, it's actually a fairly thoughtful movie, like about militarization and like the reach of industry and like the privatization of this kind of thing. 
Which, in retrospect, like, the Iron Man franchise in general kind of has a lot to say about, like, modern U.S. military <laughs> exploits, but I think this is a solid choice, and I was surprised at how much I liked it on rewatch. P.S. I just did a quick Google. This was written by Justin Theroux. Theroux, whatever his name is. I did not know that. Wow. Wow. That's weird. Okay, moving on to number eight. Arguably too low, ranked number one overall on Rotten Tomatoes, Black Panther. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Shots this fired. Oh, no. I, don't get me wrong. I love this movie. I mean, the cultural impact alone of this movie is huge. Every character in it is a total badass. Except Martin Freeman, which, oh, true. <laughs> which is a Every Wakandan character in it is yeah. a total badass. <laughs> yeah. Definitely could consider putting this one higher. There are just so many good movies on this list, but this yeah. one's a great one. Kyle and I have definitely talked Black Panther on this podcast before, and I think our feelings are reasonably well known. But I just think the the coolest thing about this movie is it's black. It's like a it's a, it is a movie made by and populated by black people, and it's very unapologetic, which is cool in a MCU that is a very white. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes it feel thematically different. It makes it look different. It makes it sound different. And I think that's really neat. But what's cool is it's able to tie into the broader universe in a way that makes sense. Like I really, I really applaud, uh, Ryan Coogler for managing to kind of do both of those things. Cause that's, that's not easy. It's not easy to have artistic integrity as a legitimately great artist like he is while working within the confines of the MCU, but with his usual talent, he did. In the same way that he did with Apollo. Like, he took a, a pretty well-worn property and was able to play with it um, in ways that, that were good enough for him and certainly good enough for us. Yeah. Brought some much-needed diversity to the cast, for yeah. sure. We're still working on it. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, aside from it's, like, the one, it's, like, not, like, super popular to critique this movie, but, like, it does suffer from, like, some of the same problems that a lot of these other movies do. Totally. And that the third act is, like, kind of a, you know, it, it it is what it is, but, like, even that, like, the the context which frames it is special, and I think probably the best part about it is that it defines its own, like you said, Mike, like, its own aesthetic and its own musical style in a universe that had like already a very established aesthetic and feel to it. Like how many movies in 18, this like this is yeah. almost at the very end and they just kind of reinvented the whole thing. So yeah. I, I think it, it has a, it ultimately has a, a, a black Panther problem in the broader universe, which is that black Panther doesn't really work as an Avenger, at least in the Avengers sort of framework that they've made in the films. Like he doesn't, he just kind of is a little bit dumb in the context of, the Avengers. So, so I think that kind of loses it a little bit of points. Cause it's, he just, I don't know. He just shouldn't really be an Avenger, but as a, a film in the MCU, it's great. I'm curious to see what they do when they don't have Michael B. Jordan anchoring the movie. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, true. But when does that second one come out? It's not, it's not slated until like 2022 or something. I don't know why they're spreading yeah. them out so far, but mm-hmm. I think they should do, I would, if, if, they were asking me, I would have them pull a low-key Batman storyline, and instead of having Black Panther on sort of the global stage, I would have him dealing with the mischief in his own backyard, because I think that would allow his sort of lower 
level of powers to make sense more. It needs to be set in Wakanda. Like, it just has to yes. be. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. And how cool would, like, a noir-style Black Panther movie be? Oh, like, imagine him, like, working his way through that really cool city in a Blade Runner-type movie. <sighs> Oh, man. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? I'm That'd into it. Sick. That's actually a really good comp. Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I'm glad you yeah. made that comment about him not being, like, what you think of when you think Wait, of Avengers. Are you going to number though. seven? No, not yet. Okay. I'm just talking about this. Although, I might have forgotten those. <laughs> good reminder. <laughs> because I think that is actually why, subconsciously, it's not top of the list. Because I yeah. really enjoyed watching them all with like the broader kind of Avenger storyline in mind. And he is an Avenger, but since he doesn't show up until 18 of 23, Oh, well, technically he's in civil war, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly so 13, 13 of yeah. 23. It's very awkward. <laughs> yeah. I was um, dressed like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. I get that. Okay. So, did you invite Kevin over? Kevin is, uh, I think, in the... Oh, no, he's here. Hey, Kev, how's he's it going? He's actually busy in his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize he was actually famous either. I learned oh, that just, in real time. Neither did I. <laughs> he's That's a low-key so guy. Yeah, wow. All right. Uh, hit it, Kev. <laughs> Stankalicious, thank you. Fantastic. Okay, so now they're not top three. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I'll start with number 21. It okay. pains me to say. Yeah, this is hard for you. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 sucks. I I thought that I would like it again, or like it more, like, once I got over my initial disappointment of it the first time I saw it, and if anything, I liked it. Less. This is probably my least favorite MCU movie. Wow. I think I wanted to like it. I think I was resistant to not liking it because I really do love Iron Man so much. But this was really a weird movie. It has nothing to do with the story. The The whole scene where like Pepper gets injected with stuff and then she's strong for a while and then she's uninjected. I don't know. It's all weird. And he, the kid that's in it, that's pretty random. I don't All of it is just very random. I get it. Like, you want to make... Like, what is... I, they kind of did this with Thor later. They're like, what makes Thor Thor? Let's get rid of his hair and his hammer. What makes Iron Man Iron Man? It's his suit. So what if we just take him out of the suit for a movie? Like, is that interesting? And it actually could have been, but I don't like that they introduced the concept of PTSD, which is super valid, and then just dismiss it. Like, they don't really address it, and it's kind of like what we talked about with Hancock. Like, don't make him go to AA meetings if you're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. And that was frustrating. I get the idea to, like, pare down a, what's supposed to be a huge cap on a trilogy and kind of reverse expectations on it, but I just not, did not find it effective in any way. Yeah. Although I think you could also make the argument that seeing a side of Iron Man that is not 100% confident all the time makes him personally a more compelling character. Totally agreed. 
Which is part of why Kyle's been pitching the alcoholic Iron Man storyline for a long time. Yeah. I think that's like, that's what's, and you've already had two movies with super cocky, sure of himself, Tony, like to knock him down a few pegs is interesting if you do it the right way. I just didn't think this is it. Mm -hmm. So Agreed. Mike, any additional thoughts on that one? Have this you even seen this movie? Act- <laughs> no, this is one of the ones I actually haven't seen. Kyle spoiled it for me, and I don't care, though. Yeah. There, there's a spoiler, right? The Mandarin yeah. is somebody different than you think or something? Yeah. Although, I don't know. Isn't that actually kind of a fun twist? It's okay, but this is where... Well, it's not fun for me, because Kyle ruined <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is why I was interested to get your perspective on it. Because for someone like me, who was so hyped to see a movie with the Mandarin in it, it was devastating, but you don't have any pre like preformed notions oh, yeah. of, of like how cool the villain is. So who cares if he's not in it? Right? I actually thought that scene was kind of funny when he finds out that the Mandarin is actually an actor. In the vacuum, Spoiler it's alert. actually quite funny, and Ben Kingsley's uh, really good. <laughs> Trevor is it his name? Trevor? Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. So, but anyways, yeah, still not my fave. All right, number twenty-two is the second movie overall. The Incredible Hulk. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> this was another one. You know what one. wasn't bad? The movie The Hulk by Ang Lee. With Eric Bana? Yeah, that's a good movie. I remember stand being, by that. I remember being really scared of it when I was a kid. It's very creepy, but I stand by that. And I'm, whatever. We don't, we don't have to get into my pre-MCU, like, crap about The Hulk. But, yeah, this one speaks for itself. The very fact that I... Other than uh, the Don Cheadle, Terrence Howard thing, this is like the only really major role that got recast, right? Uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. Though, again, to be fair, a little bit like what we were saying with Iron Man, Iron Man 2, this was a, this was before like the full implications of the MCU were understood. That's true. Do you guys think that, what's his name? Ed Norton? Ed Norton. Would have made a better... Hulk then yeah me neither no I love Edward Norton I'm a big Edward Norton fan and I think there's a different world where he can play that character well but I think that character is different than the character in the Avengers films Mm -hmm. so like there could be a compelling uh, uh, Incredible Hulk series with Ed Norton but it doesn't work in the MCU yeah What also struck me about this movie is that it feels very old. And at first I was like, well, maybe it it just is old. But it doesn't feel, or it seems much older than Iron Man. It just feels very disconnected and kind of dated. I don't know. Dated is definitely the right term. Yeah, the aesthetic is weird. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't really fit. Like, in any way at all. In any sense, it doesn't fit. It's not a horrible movie. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense in the context of all this, which at the time, though, like without knowing what comes after, I guess it would have been more enjoyable. I don't remember seeing it. Uh, That's that is actually my feeling is when I think it's the rare movie that was better when it came out than it is now. It hasn't aged well, not because of any like weirdness in the movie, but just because it, it fit less and less as the kind of what they were trying to do with the MCU became clearer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and last, my least favorite of all of the Marvel movies is Thor. Yeah. Wait, Thor 1? Thor 1. So. Oh, I assumed this was going to be the Dark World. 
We'll discuss this later in honorable mentions, but I think part of the reason I didn't hate Dark World is because I had such low expectations for it because <laughs> everyone kept warning me how bad Dark World was. And then I watched it and I was like, I didn't really hate that at all. Like, it wasn't my favorite, but it was fine. It's a powerful effect. Thor, I just, I, I don't even know. It just, it felt... Like, nothing developed. I don't know if the movie itself was just shorter, like, less minutes. But I just felt like we didn't really get to know Thor at all. It's this weird, like, Western vibe. <laughs> um, the acting is kind of bad. Like, Natalie Portman is not that good in it, in my opinion. I just want to say, this podcast is firmly in the camp that you roll the dice when you hire Natalie Portman. Half her roles, she's a revelation. Half her role, she's truly atrocious, and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, would you agree that this is one of the bad ones? Because I just... So I, I have not seen this one. Oh. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too. Start over. I, I meant Dark World. I've seen oh. Thor. And I've seen Thor, and I, d I didn't mind it, mostly because I uh, was and still am obsessed with Chris Hemsworth. Fair. This was around the time that I, I started to become interested in fitness, and so Chris Hemsworth was like an early person that I was like, that's what I want to look like. Alas, life intervened. But, <laughs> um, but I, I, so I was super into this and liked it. I don't, I don't love it, but I like the movie. Fair enough. <laughs> what do you think? I, I agree. I think it's a bottom three. I, it just doesn't have some of the, the quality of some of the later movies. And some of that is understandable considering it's the first in a, you know, a sub-franchise, and it's before they really figured out how to use Hemsworth. Uh, and also, well, it's also, it, yeah, it, it also has the problem that it's Kenneth Branagh directing it. Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me, especially at a time when he was coming off of all of those Shakespeare adaptations. Like, this is not the Kenneth Branagh who is open to making a Hercule Boirot movie. This was the Kenneth Branagh who was making, like, Henry the 30 million, if, if like, <laughs> this was a guy who was, like, you know, really snooty British film. And again, <laughs> maybe that would have been the direction that this movie could have gone in somewhat successfully, but it wasn't. And so it just feels like a weird aborted kind of avenue. Yeah. Kyle, do you think which one's worse, Thor or Thor Dark World? Thor. Thor Dark World is not as bad as I thought it was. I think that it has getting gotten beat up and it's and it's fun and popular to beat up dark world but like, it, like weirdly well we don't have to talk about it right now but it's just like when you watch thor dark world it's like you're in the world of thor and asgard and when you watch this you're in new mexico and it's just like it's like kind of a fun fish out of water story but they don't do it well enough yeah i agree so, anyways all right back to the list number seven Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm surprised it's this low for you. Well, it suffers because Baby Groot is in <laughs> Guardians 2. If yeah. Baby Groot was in Guardians 1, other than the post-credit scene, yeah. this would be a whole different story. Right. Though that is where Baby Groot was born. It's yes. True. That is what got me obsessed with Baby Groot was the very end of Guardians of the it's Galaxy. such a great scene. Oh my god. So good. <laughs> this movie is fun because it has an amazing soundtrack. Yes. It's very different from all of the others. And it's also very important for the Infinity Stones overarching story. 
Weirdly, especially because I would say aside from the Infinity Stones, which I know is a big aside because that was such a big part of this movie, but like the plot of this one was as inconsequential as it gets, aside from the fact that it moves forward the Infinity Stone storyline. Mm-hmm. So like this one, I but but I I tend I find that I tend to like that because I think in these sometimes they get obsessed with moving things forward, and we maybe we'll talk about this with some of the other ones that we discuss. But I think some of the ones that are are the worst are the ones that are too focused on moving the plot forward. Mm -hmm. And this one, I think, managed to do that, like with a really important storyline, like you said, but without focusing too much on the nuts and bolts of what it was doing. Yeah. And it's also just so silly. Yeah. It just really is a silly movie. And yet it's still so good. Vin Diesel is a tree. Vin Diesel is a tree. Yeah. True. Yeah. This movie was just a such a flex (laughs) like they were 10 movies in and they were like we're gonna give you a movie where you don't know any of the characters and has nothing to do with anything else and you're gonna fucking like it and they were right we took our medicine we did Mm -hmm. i love guardians i do too except i still feel like a little part of me also doesn't see them as full avengers they're not really Right, like, And I think it'll be fun moving forward for there to be more movies with them. And especially now that Thor seems to be buddies with them, too. I think that's a really fun combo. But I just don't know if any of them will ever be good as good as some of the classics that we're getting to later on this list. I generally agree with everything you just said. And I do think that they'll be better with Thor as their pal. But I do think that the Gamora stuff landed for me. And so I think that was their best connection to sort of the overall Avengers slash Thanos storyline. Like, I, I really liked that. And for me, that was enough. Because I think if you think about Peter, like, he, of course, shouldn't be fighting intergalactic, you know, gods, basically. But I like the idea that his friend slash romantic interest is the reason he's getting involved in this. So that that worked for me. Yeah, and they all become very important for uh, the end of the movie, too. Or the end of... The end game. Like, yeah. maybe the most important group of characters, which is kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. Flex. All right, number six. Kyle, this one's for you. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mike, well, why are you giving me that face? What? <laughs> number six? You think it should be higher In or what? lower? It should be higher. In oh. what world is Winter Soldier... Number six. I'll tell you why. We've watched this movie every year on Kyle's birthday, (laughs) and I had to Google today what the plot was to remind myself. I just, I really. That's on you. This movie just will not sink into my brain. And I know, I know it's good. I know it is, but I just can't get there. Oh my God. Robert Redford is in this movie. And, and it's great. It gets even better because now you know he's the president in uh, The Watchmen. That's true. Oh my god, Ali, just, you are just, you, whatever you're about to say, I'm sure will be well thought out and defended, but you're just wrong, damn it. <laughs> I don't have much of a well thought out argument other than it just doesn't stick in my mind as much. I also have a gripe with the weird mask technology at the end where Black Widow just like is that other woman. When they should impossible it. <laughs> where is that technology whatever, all matter, of the whatever. rest of the movies? Quibbles. <laughs> I just... It, it actually, it was in the Department of Mysteries, and all of the masks got smashed. <laughs> they got oh, sure. buried sure. under broken time turners. Yeah. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. 
The supporting characters in this movie are great, though. Black Widow, obviously, and also Falcon. We meet Falcon at the very beginning. On your left. Yeah. Yeah, Cap keeps saying, on your left. I also, I like Captain America, but he's too much of a Boy Scout for me. I just, I need some of the bad boy that Iron Man and Doctor Strange like Kyle. the table. <laughs> and me. Yeah, and Kyle. Just an Iron <laughs> yeah, and Kyle. Mirrored the Iron Man Captain America storyline pretty well in our own home, and that, like, I'm really ardently defending Cap, and she doesn't want to hear it, and we've had our own little civil war here. <laughs> I just... This movie is so great for a lot of reasons, but like the reason that Captain America wins these fights is not because he's super powered. It's because he has all the intangibles and he's just a good doobie and a good teammate and a good leader. And that's what I respect about him. Yeah. Okay. It's a little boring. (laughs) I love it. But what I think, what I think I really like about this movie is that Captain America versus Nazis is a very kind of easy to handicap, easy to understand battle, both for us as viewers and for Cap. But I think what's cool is sort of the shadow war. Like the concept of Captain America, who's this Boy Scout, aligned against this force that is sort of unclear, it's shadowy, it's not traditionally evil, it's this kind of new evolution of evil, is actually a really interesting premise because, I mean, you know, without going too far down the rabbit hole, I think that's kind of the point is America has traditionally looked at itself as the Boy Scout, like the world's Boy Scout. And as time has gone on, the enemies have become more confusing. That makes it a lot harder to be a Boy Scout. And I think that the movie handles that as maturely as any Avengers movie has kind of any right to. Like it's, I thought I was surprised by how seriously this movie took that concept. Yeah. And I will admit that it's a pretty clever sequel given that they have the super, the supercomputer that brings the old villain back from the first one and Bucky is still alive obviously so all clever to like keep Captain America invested in the fight even though it's you know 70 years or whatever since his original fight I love it all right number 5 all right number 5 is Avengers Endgame This movie is obviously super epic. It has (laughs) literally every character, more time travel. So obviously I'm into that. I teared up at the end because my hero died. I don't know. I just, this movie is just a great ending to the whole thing. I think it's really hard to stick the landing. And I think they actually kind of did it here. Um, It's very satisfying. It's literally unprecedented to like and very literally there's never been a movie that's meant to cap off a 22 streak a series of movies like this and so the fact that people didn't leave the theater disappointed and in fact were actively very satisfied by it is i don't think it's exaggerating to say it's like one of the pinnacles of like movie making achievement in some way like it's not like it's not a piece of art like you don't hang avengers endgame on a wall but from a cultural perspective, it's incredible. Totally agree. And without just being slobbering fan service. Like, I think it did its own thing. It did some fan service stuff, but it did its own thing in a way that was, was really impressive to satisfy people that much. I would also argue that this movie, probably the middle hour of this movie, is the best hour of the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, that, the, the whole sequence from, like, at, what did they call it, the blip? 
Blob, blurp, the snap. Blurp. The blurp. The what? Isn't it the snap? Yeah. <laughs> the, the snap. Like, that whole sort of, like, explanation of what happened to the people left behind that hour up until kind of the, like, go fix everything stuff was just magnificent. Don't think too hard about how difficult it would be to put all the stones back where they took them from, though, because it quickly becomes impossible. The stones are stupid. <laughs> I wish that they had never even touched the stones as a series. I, I wish that they just pretended the stones didn't exist, but whatever. I, when you really start thinking into the logistics of putting it back in the exact spot they took it from, it makes no sense because most of the places that they took it from are... They were being, like, secretive about it. So how are they just going to show up and put it right back? I don't know. That bothers also, me a little. Also, what constitutes exact? Yeah. yeah. It's it's a three-hour movie, and they really need to wrap that shit up, so. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that they kill Thanos in the first, like, five minutes. Yeah. That's pretty fun, because then you're kind of wondering what is going to happen, and then they <laughs> turn it into a three-hour film. <laughs> yeah. It was shocking. I remember... Th- I remember being so thrilled by that. Like I was so excited by the, by the question of what was coming next. I also just remembered that you guys already did a podcast on this one. So that's we can true. Move on. Okay. Um, number four to prove to you that I don't hate Captain America that much is Captain America. The first Avenger I'm surprised to see this, this high for you. I think that I, is interesting. I think I like this one because it's like an era. It's a period piece. Yeah. I really like that about it. Yeah. And I like that, I like his origin story, that he starts off as, like, this small, dorky guy that is trying He doesn't want to kill anybody. To, yeah. He just doesn't like bullies. Right. Yeah. I find that, I find that to be pretty charming. As boring as I think he is, ultimately, I, he is very charming. I will say he gets more boring. Like, the, the longer yeah. he goes, the more boring he gets. Right. Like, he's at his best in this movie when he's just a bright-eyed kid that wants to fight because he thinks it's his duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like this movie, like this movie has Tommy Lee Jones in it and Stanley Tucci. Like, and it's kind of because what was this number five? Yeah. So it was only after like one Thor movie and two Iron Men. Like this thing hadn't gone off the ground quite yet, and yet they were pulling in like Tommy Lee Jones to be in this movie. It's just fun to look back on, and this is kind of when it started to take some of the shape that it has later on, but. I'm glad you liked it as much as I love this one. Well, and the part in the middle where he isn't allowed to be a superhero. He's just kind of like paraded around yeah. literally on stages. That's just kind of a fun um, part of his origin story, too, I think. Yeah, it's like the movie Flags of Our Fathers for a little bit there. I think that this I think it, it was cool. It captured some of the Wonder Woman energy before that was the thing. I th- it's it's certainly not as good as Wonder Woman in my opinion, but I think it it captures the essence of what makes that movie so great. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you're actually right. Yeah, World War Two, World War One vibes are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do the top three, or do you want me to do honorable mentions? Let's do. I think you should do honorables because yeah. you've got them like really well crafted. Yeah. I think. Do you think I should honorables. start at twenty and go up to eleven? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, twenty is Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So I unfortunately agreed. Although I back to my original point of I really just love all these movies. I actually really think Ant-Man is a fun character and I like both of those movies. It's just that they don't hold up to the rest of them. Like they're silly, they're fun to watch. The the quibble with Ant-Man 
and the Wasp is that it's literally just there to introduce the concept of the quantum realm and like put Scott yeah. in the quantum realm. Literally. Literally, that's the only reason it exists, which is tough. That being said, it's still a fine 90 minutes. You know what they never explained that didn't occur to me until we watched it this time around? Because I had seen the like second half of these movies previously. There, so when he is in the quantum realm at the end of the movie to retrieve the stuff that will help the villain, the girl that like is phasing. Yeah. She's like becoming non-existent. Yeah. Then everyone gets snapped and he's stuck in there. What happens to that girl? Hopefully she also got snapped. Oh, that would yeah. be like that would be like all of the insulin in the world getting snapped and you as a diabetic are still there. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> he's just trapped one. in there. The good news is that well, you shouldn't care about it because nobody that wrote this movie cared about it either. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> they the other fun thing about this movie was that they knew what they had. Like, all, all the good stuff from the first Ant-Man is also in the second Ant-Man. Yeah. Like, um, oh, yeah. the voiceovers. Do that, that same thing. What's-his-face does? What Michael Payne, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are hilarious when he tells the stories and everyone has his voice. Uh, T.I. is in these movies. T.I. is yes, in these movies. Yes, he is. <laughs> Never forget. Harris, baby. But, yeah, that's fun. Okay, moving on. 19 is Thor Dark World, which we already talked about. Surprisingly adequate. Yeah. <laughs> 18, Captain America Civil War. Yeah. I'm so on board with this. I yeah? really didn't like Civil War. So this one was ranked 7 on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me, which again makes me question what was actually going into those People rankings. People loved it, and they're wrong. I feel like it was... Well, first of all, it was not a Captain America movie. No, I, similarly no. to how I have a problem with the Fantastic Beast movies being called Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> I have a problem yeah, a with this point. movie being called Captain America because it is not a Captain America movie. It should have been just called Civil, Avengers colon Civil War. It also seems very out of character for Captain America, in my opinion. Oh, I don't think so at all. I'm I'm in the camp that yeah, I fucking love this movie, <laughs> and I think it does a lot to kind of characterize what kind of person cap is but i i that being said i think the reason i like it so much is because i'm a cap stan because spider-man is in this movie and because the airport fight sequence is like among the best action sequences in this whole series apart from that this is two and a half hours of like logistics to set up like a weird schism for some later movies which is frustrating yeah yeah. Mike, why don't you like it? I don't know. This wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember, Ki- I, I kind of actually, now that I think about it, I mostly blame Kyle because he has been my spiritual guide to the MCU and he was aware of and very interested in the, the Civil War, t- you know, um, storyline before the movie mm. and so hyped it a lot. And I just was disappointed. Fair. I also yeah. think that some of the stuff that was so important in this movie is very quickly abandoned later. Like, where do the Sokovia Accords go when Spider-Man is, like, ripping ships in half? Like, I just... <laughs> what is... <laughs> I literally... And, um, Forgot that you were hung up on that, and it makes perfect sense. Like, the whole movie about how they can't stand the Sokovia Accords, and then no one thinks of them ever again. <laughs> It's a really good point. Um, Also, Bucky goes to Wakanda to be refrozen 
Yeah. Until they can figure out how to get rid of his weird, like, um... Mind control. Yes. And then he's, like, awake in the post credit scene. Yeah, it's fine. So, I mean, Wakanda possibly cured him in five minutes. I'm totally allowing that that is a possibility. No, to be fair, in the post credits in this movie, he's about to be frozen. Oh, and what he's am I thinking not of? unfrozen until after Black Panther. Oh, so it, time does pass? Yeah. Like okay. Several well, years. Okay. But fair enough. It's all right. It's just, I don't know. That also seems weird to me. He's like frozen for it's, one movie minute and then unfrozen again. Okay. Um, hand wave. 17 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. As stated previously, if Baby Groot was in Guardians 1, that would be ideal for me because I love Baby Groot in Guardians 2. Don't love the storyline of Guardians 2. Yeah. With like his dad being a planet and also a god. I don't know. I wasn't into it. Really? The only redeeming quality of this movie for me is that Kurt Russell is a huge part of it. And he is really flexing in a role that's not great. So yeah. that's it. 16, Captain Marvel. Yeah. This was the most good of the films. It was just, it was this, it was the capitalist capital B of all. It was a B. It was yeah. just, it tried to be a B and it was a B. Yeah. And it's a shame because I would obviously love to see a female lead in one of these movies and have it be amazing. I know it's not really fair to compare it to Wonder Woman because they're totally different. But, but they were trying to. But Wonder they Woman certainly just, tried to. Wonder Woman was way better. And this makes me have really high hopes for Black Panther. Or, I'm sorry, Black Widow. Because yes. I really think Black Widow deserves her own movie, first of all, and has potential to be amazing and like a better female lead movie in the MCU. I will argue that future Captain Marvel films should be much better than the first one. Now, the future ones will suffer from the problem that their main character is a actual god, which is problematic. But I think that this one was probably the most origin story -y of the films in a long time. This was an extreme origin story movie. And I think that that hurt it. I think Alison Brie, of course, was excellent because she's just excellent. And I'm very interested by the concept of more movies with her. I, it's just a little bit of a tough question of where you go, because the moment she becomes Captain Marvel, she's less interesting. Mm -hmm. She's. I wrote that down, too. She's too powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's but, not but part of the problem with too much of this problem. movie was straight origin. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a catch-22 with this character. It's it's more the character's fault, because the aesthetic of the movie was great. I loved the Top Gun feels. I think she's awesome. I really liked the relationship with her friend uh, who lived on that house, then on that country lane. Like, I, I thought there was some really positive stuff. The 90s, like, female rock pop mm -hmm. was yeah. cool. But well, and it's fun that there's no, like, love story in that movie, really, between yeah. her and Except her friend. Except mine with Jude Law. Yeah. Yes, and mine with <laughs> Allison Brie. And hers not with me. You mean Brie Larson? Oh, I keep saying Allison Brie. Sorry, Brie Larson. Yeah, I've been watching too much Community. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 15 is Spider-Man Far From Home. This is silly. This but... is foolishness. Utter foolishness. <laughs> but I think the main reason is because it felt very after the fact to me. Like That's fair. That That's legit. I think that's a legit complaint. I just kind of feel like it could have been part of the next phase or whatever. I don't know why it had to come so close after Endgame. 
the, the real reason is because they didn't know how long they were going to have Tom Holland mm-hmm. and the rights is probably the actual answer. Yeah. I will say like Tom or like Peter Parker learning how to cope in a world that no longer has his mentor in it is super appealing. But I think you're right. Like we've now gone a long time since this movie came out in like relatively speaking, it's been a year. But it feels weird that like this marks the end of this period when really it was Endgame that was kind mm-hmm. of supposed to be the end of it. So I understand that criticism and I understand that I am partial to this movie because I love Mysterio so much. Yeah. Mike, anything? I, I get it. I, I think and I think you're you make a really good point about its placement in time. Like the chronology of these movies kind of poses some challenges, but I love this movie too much <laughs> to get too hung up on that. Yeah. Um, okay. 14. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was super into this movie, like way more so than I thought I would be, until about two thirds of the way through when all of a sudden all these disconnected plot points happened really quickly and really mattered. Like Thor went to some magic water. <laughs> and I forget why that even is important, but it was. <laughs> And to get there, he had to enlist the scientist that is in the other Thor movies who randomly knows where this magic water is, even though, like, presumably no one else on Earth does. I don't know. That just, I really, that lost it for me, that scene right there. I feel bad for Joss Whedon, because they were like, we need you to do this, 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 and this. Go. And, like, you just can't do it all. So this movie feels a little overpacked, and I don't know if James Spader was the right choice for Ultron. (laughs) Because he has too much, like, character instead of really being well, a robot. It's not really his fault, I guess. But the, the character is written really weird and, like, aloof when he's supposed to be, like... He's, like, in the in the context of the comics, like, Ultron is as big a fucking deal as Thanos. And, like, no one even remembers Ultron was in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's supposed to be, like, like, Lex Luthor big, like, huge in this universe. So that was disappointing. Weirdly, you- one of the ones I didn't see. Really? Yeah, it's like weirdly uh, fundamental to the films, and I didn't see this one. That's so weird. Because I- I'm, I'm like the only person, I think I'm probably the only person to have seen the exact list of uh, Marvel movies I've seen. Because nobody has seen as many of the standalones or the, the <laughs> further down the line Avengers sequels, but not this one. It's funny you say that, because... This is funny how this works. It wasn't even that long ago. In my memory, you and me and Alex saw this together at school. And that's nope. not a thing that happened. Wow. <laughs> that is not a thing that happened. Mike, I think I would go back for this one. If you're trying to have a complete history of all of the the good Marvel movies. I think I'd watch this one. Alright, I'm into it. It's fun. Um, also oh. a villain of their own making. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's true. Okay, wait, were you going to say something? Nope, please continue. Okay, 13, Thor Ragnarok. Love Ragnarok. (laughs) I do too. I think that the pairing of uh, Banner and Thor is arguably the most fun team-up in all of these movies. Because it's so unexpected. (laughs) And it's the first time that Thor is, like, funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, if I told you after the first Avengers, like, there's going to be a movie later in the series that is pretty much just 
Hulk and Thor hanging out in space. Oh, by the way, Jeff Goldblum is there. You'd get laughed off the stage, and yet, like, this is among, like, my very favorites of these movies. It's kind of wild what Taika did here. Yeah, this was a film that I, I, I remember seeing the trailer to this, and I remember Kyle and I having a conversation in which we said, this will either be absolutely amazing or one of the worst pieces of crap we've ever seen. And we both loved it. Yeah, it's so good. Although it is unclear why Hulk can talk. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, pre- it, or why this movie exists. It shouldn't. But I like <laughs> I like that somewhat akin to Winter Soldier, it it establishes precedent for a kind of side a side adventure that doesn't have I, I know that the movie ends and it rolls right into Infinity War. Infinity War, but Overall, it's not super connected to the overall universe. I like that they kind of establish that that's possible. I also love Loki. He's my favorite villain. You do love Loki. So any Loki we can get. High key, I love Loki. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, Claire. (laughs) That's nice. That one was for Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, number 12, Ant-Man. Surprise this didn't crack the top 10 for you. I know you love Ant-Man. I do. I couldn't do it. It didn't feel right. Because it's just <laughs> arguably not as good as others. But it was my introduction to the Marvel Universe. I also love tiny things. Like, I know it's, like, <laughs> probably not that funny of a joke. But the scene at the end where they're both tiny and they're literally fighting in, like, a toy set. But it's being shot as if it's a actual size city. I think that scene is so funny. Well, that's why this movie actually surprisingly works is because they're just not taking it all that seriously. Yeah. It's like, like, let's do a heist movie that's like not really a heist movie. And we'll just, we'll throw Michael Pena and Paul Rudd in here. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get in and out in 90 minutes and it'll be fine. And it is. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the magic of the whole universe. Kyle and I have talked about this before. The thing is, if you can be Chris Nolan, awesome. Chris Nolan is great fake chris nolan knockoff chris nolan is terrible there's much more margin for error when you don't take yourself so seriously mm-hmm. okay i was afraid this would happen we're almost at an hour and we still have the top three to go okay oh, all right. uh That's 11 okay. sorry I think, kyle. I think we can declare at this point if it works for you kyle we can we can basically forego the re-ranking and just call this the true <laughs> allegiance list I yeah think we're not gonna point. re-rank this yeah. no number 11 sorry kyle spider-man Homecoming. Wait, what? And do you want to know this why? Is, is this like a joke? You have two Spider-Men not in the list? Okay, here's my thing. It's one of those jokes like, you know, you're old when. You know, you're old when in this movie, you're constantly on Iron Man's side. I was like, so annoyed at Peter Parker for the whole You are movie. such a narc. That's the whole <laughs> point of the movie. He's a child. He's a teenager. Uh, leave it to the real superheroes. Uh, Do your homework. Oh my God. This is the first time that I like, because we would talk about these movies as we finished them. And this is the first time that I was like getting a... <laughs> Not upset with you, but where I really actually disagreed with you on a take. I just, I don't know. I, the, the things working for it are, it's a really good teen movie. Like yes. in the teen movie. It's a John genre. Hughes movie. Um, it is. Also the villain reveal when he finds out <sighs> that the villain is, um, spoiler, MJ's, wait, no. It's not, not MJ, MJ, it's some other girl. girl. Yeah, yeah, that other girl's dad. Yeah, that's awesome. 
when but, the uh, when the, they're at they're in the car and uh, when, right when he figures it out, the traffic light turns green and it bathes him in that eerie green light. So oh. yeah. love the vulture. It is cool, but Iron Man is my favorite part of this movie. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. You are I, the only one. This is a movie where Iron Man says the beautiful thing to Peter of like, my dad didn't give me a lot of encouragement growing up, so I thought I would uh, try to break the cycle or something like that. And it's just it is beautiful. Heartwarming. He does have some great mentor moments when uh, yeah. he takes the suit away and Peter says, I'm nothing without this suit. He goes, if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve to wear it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Brutal. He's Good great. lesson. Okay. Are we ready for the top three? Top three. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, this is going to take me a while to get over this utter foolishness that happened, but that's fine. Silly. Spite, both the Spider-Man movies are probably in my top five, but I'm also yeah. me, so. Yeah. yeah, same. And this is your list. Yep, this is my list. This is the exact thing you told me to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just get worked up over Spider-Man. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I subconsciously have it lower because I know. Oh, you're just, you're just you messing up. with Dig. them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, number three is Avengers Infinity War. And the biggest reason for this is that I did not read the comics or have like any knowledge going into this. So the snap for me was like one of the best movie twists I've ever seen. Same. I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you in that I don't have nearly the, the comic book background that Kyle does. So Kyle, I think, unfortunately had some of these biggest storylines somewhat spoiled for him because he already was familiar with them. Totally with you. The snap blew me away. Mm-hmm. I just think that it was smart for there to be a movie where they lose at the end. It's punishing. It's tough to watch, even knowing it's coming. Yeah. I don't feel so good. Oh. oh. <laughs> so sad. <sighs> okay, number two, no surprise here, is Iron Man. My this, man. I think most people would agree this is one of... The- the very best movies in the whole series. Yeah. I find Iron Man as a character to actually be the most relatable of all of the adventures because even though his whole thing is supposed to be that he's like this really wealthy, just like asshole, he... You identify with that? No, well, yes, <laughs> I guess so. I feel like... So in this movie, he realizes that um, the weapons his company is making are not good for the world and completely stops, even though that's like the main source of wealth for his industry. I also think that, well, all the stuff we already talked about with, um, with Peter Parker, with him, like wanting to be a mentor to him, the stuff that comes up in Iron Man three, where they poorly address mental health issues, but at least do address it. I just find him to be, I know that that's not all in this first movie, but this first movie is what started it all off. And I just find him to be a really compelling character. Like, literally, Robert Downey Jr. Like, every... If you enjoy any of these movies, you have Robert Downey Jr. to thank. Because I don't know who else could possibly have done this. And unless this movie was the smash hit that it was, like, none of this happens. And they decide to do the dark DC thing, and it's a total disaster, and it sucks. Because if this movie isn't great... It's released, I think, the same year as The Dark Knight, right? It's 2008? 2008. Okay, so if this doesn't work perfectly, they say, hey, look, right down the street, this Dark Knight thing worked great, and then they try to make it dark, and it's horrible, and we get none of this. And Kyle, you're so right, if not for Robert Downey Jr., but what's crazy, I think 
I know people know this, but I just want to reiterate, like, for people of a certain age, a.k.a. anybody older than us, Robert Downey Jr. is that young star who blew it all and was a big-time, you know, alcoholic and druggie who was always getting arrested for shit. Like, betting on Robert Downey Jr. in 2008 was really something. Yeah. No, it's, it's really stunning, and it changed... Literally completely changed the movie industry over the past yeah. 10 years and probably the next 10 years. But on top of that, it's like, it's just a nice compact story. Like Jeff Bridges is the, um, the, the, the effects are incredible. They hold up really well. Like this movie still looks great. They didn't bite off more than they could chew, which I really liked effects wise. Yeah. Solid choice. I totally agree with this ranking near the top. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow? I know that you're not a fan. In the role of Pepper Potts? Yeah. She's good. I like her as Pepper Potts. I yeah. don't have any preconceived notions of what a Pepper Potts ought to be because I wasn't a comic book reader. So I don't have that baggage. But just purely based on what I see, I like her as Pepper Potts. Yeah. It's just, you know, Gwyneth the Gwyneth is not my favorite. <laughs> Pepper and Tony have a good love story. I think yes. she gets him the little um, uh, trophy thing with his old heart thing. Proof that, says, that Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Oh, also Robert Downey Jr. I've discovered um, improvs a lot of his lines in these movies. Like yeah. he literally is being Tony Stark. At, while he's that's playing the thing. Tony Stark. We, Robert Downey Jr. is, I think, our most frequent reference in the like is an actor a chameleon or are they just being themselves as so and so and robert downey jr is the king of being robert downey jr as <laughs> dr doolittle as sherlock holmes as iron man to yeah. slash tony stark oh he's so good i'm going to miss him he sure is yeah all right and number one my favorite of the mcu movies is marvel's the avengers i think it's so fun the scene where they're there's like they're all standing in a circle in New York about ready to fight. It's like the very first time they've got really a whole crew together. I also, like I said before, love Loki. He's by far my favorite villain and he's a big part of this film. I think I like Loki because he's not purely evil. He has some good in him and you can see clearly why he would have some of the not as good tendencies that he does. Inferiority have. issues. He what? In- inferiority issues. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I mean, it's very Baldwin. clear where that all comes from. So he's a great villain. You also lose Agent. I put Carlson, but that's not his name. It's Coulson, Coulson. right? Son yeah. of Cole. Yeah, that was a super smart scene, I think, and also did not see that coming at all. I just kind of thought that he would be another one of the people that is in every movie. Was happy that he got to come back in um, Marvel, Captain Marvel, since it's yeah. earlier in time. But yeah, I just think that they set this movie up perfectly with... So this is six in order of the Marvel movies. So I think they set it up really well with the first five largely being origin stories. And then they just bring everybody together for a big epic fight. It seems kind of obvious in retrospect that this would work because they've done it six times now. Like even if it's not the Avengers movie, like like Ragnarok and Civil War are team-up movies. Like... This now exists in multiple places outside of this universe. But at the time, in 2012, this had never been done before. And, like, to this day, this is probably 
probably my favorite actual movie going experience. Like it's a culmination of like an entire childhood's worth of reading comic books and it's actually executed perfectly. Like to see this realized on screen is, I don't know. I agree. This is probably, it's not even close to the best movie, but it's probably the best viewing experience for me. And I'm glad that you share that. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> That's I, all of them. 10 out of 10 would do a Marvel movie marathon again. Wow. I guess I maybe would skip Thor and <laughs> Iron Man 3 and the Incredible Hulk, but the rest right. of us. <laughs> Just lop the last three off. I gotta I say, this is uh, this is really something. I am a very lucky man, and I have a, a fiancé who shares a lot of my interests, but damn, I am jealous of the two of you right now. <laughs> The very notion that the two of you could watch these movies together is just whew, it's jealousy inducing. Good, good for you guys. It came at the perfect time also because it really, I mean, our first movie we watched on March 18th. So that was probably like pretty much right when yeah. quarantine started. So this was a really fun thing to look forward to. We were working from home. So most days it was pretty much like work, work out shower, watch a Marvel movie, eat candy, maybe some popcorn. I gotta say, it was a very pleasant experience, and uh, I'm glad that we did it. You go, kids. Well, this was nice insight. I'm glad we got to hear a little bit about how you've been uh, bringing a smile to yourselves during this garbage. Well, Mike, before we started recording, I was telling you that I thought the low point for me was like three or four weeks ago in terms of quarantine, and now I'm realizing that we finished this on May 3rd, and I'm wondering if there's a correlation there. A post-Marvel <laughs> marathon depression. I got so sad that we were done with our Marvel movie marathon that I actually got depressed. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a world we live in, that, <laughs> that, this, that this transformation has happened. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for putting so much thought into this. I would say now would be a good time. We're not going to re-rank, obviously, because it's your list. But if you want to rattle off your top ten again, we will get on out of here. Sure. Okay. Ten, Doctor Strange. Nine, Iron Man 2. Eight, Black Panther. Seven, Guardians of the Galaxy. Six, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Five, Avengers Endgame. Four, Captain America, The First Avenger. Three Avengers: Infinity War, two Iron Man, one The Avengers. Fantastic, great work. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Allegis, for coming to us with this list. This is a pleasure and the right way to attack this. While we're doing thank yous, I'll thank Kevin McLeod for his stankiness. Not himself, like being stanky, but his stanky. No, I'm sure he smells good. He's an old spice guy, I bet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, so thanks, Kevin, for the stinky intro and not top three musics. Thank you to my sister, Erin, for our artwork. I love that artwork. If you love the artwork and want to see more of Erin's stylings, Sant Design and Instagram is where to go for that. And on the topic of stylings, our Instagram stylings, which can be found at top10km on Instagram, with the 10 spelled out T-E-N, are done for us by our social media czar, Caroline Labranti, my fiancé, and you can see her personal stuff on cml.photos on Instagram. Now, if you have other internet-related items you'd like to address, ways that we stink, 
we need to have Allegis on more, whatever, you can shoot us an email at top10km at gmail.com with the 10 also spelled out T-E-N. Finally, I'm assuming you're listening to some sort of podcast platform, but if you're looking for another one, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcast app, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So, my friends, that's what I have to say. Wonder Bar. Ali, just thank you for joining us. It was a, it was a delight. Thank you. All right. Arriba Dirch. Peace. Bye.